Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Some funny things to start off the day. Well, at least they're funny to me. And I have a, I have a sense of humor. It may be dark at times. It may be odd at times. But humor nonetheless. And I think a lot of conservatives have a lot more of a humorous reality. than I mean, liberals always seem mad, don't they? Progressives they always seem mad. Or something's wrong. How can you enjoy life? It's so wrong. But this one, th- there were two stories locally that caught my attention. And and and, and again, I, 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 yeah, I, I do find humor in things that maybe you don't, <laughs> and that's okay. But the first one was, was a story that was, it was about a, a, a wreck. Not funny, right, Chad? But it drove through an eye doctor's office in Mecklenburg. So it was tra- over at Trade Winds Eye Care in, in Davidson. And so the car was parked. And then it drove through the entrance of the eye care place. Now, nothing says I really need help with my eye care, like driving through your eye doctor's office. That's what caught me. When I read the story, I was like, wow, this guy really needs some vision help. Was parked, put it in drive, drove into the doctor's office. Says, you know what? Probably needs some help with, with the eyesight. Probably shouldn't have a driver's license. If you drove to, not to, the doctor's office. You drove into the eye doctor's office. So so uh, quite a bit of a mess over there. Again, that one was odd. The other one that was interesting, and it, it, it always, you know, even when I was a kid, I knew this to be true. You don't have to be an adult to know that what I'm about to tell you is true. But when people have weird pets that don't belong where you live, those pets are by virtue of what they are they're at least a non-native species and in many ways they're an in, they're they're an invasive species no, nowhere is this more pronounced than in south florida where you have anacondas and pythons loose in the everglades that are devouring everything and so every year there, there's a hunt people are paid bounties on getting rid of these things reproduced they have no predators they kill everything they kill deer they kill they kill everything and so they're, they're an invasive species, top-of-the-line predator. Nothing takes them out. And there are people who had pets and said, eh, eh I don't really need a 30-foot snake. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I can take care of it anymore. And they turn it loose. And the weather is such that these things can survive. This happens in a lot of places. It happens in North Carolina, too. But here's in, in Greenville, just west of here, the wildlife agencies, the same, same, same news feed, still local, Wildlife agencies are asking people to report sightings of a large invasive lizard species that's been found in South Carolina. Now, first of all, if you, I don't care who you are, you see a large lizard, you're not used to seeing that. It's not like we have monitor lizards floating around, not even iguanas. Now, if you've been to Puerto Rico or any of the other islands in the past, I don't know, 25 years, you've noticed those islands have been taken over. Same thing. People had iguanas, thought they were cool, then decided they don't want them. The iguanas are still alive. And they turn them loose. And now the island, if you go to Puerto Rico, those are non-native species. They're just overrun with iguanas. They're like loose chickens everywhere. Well, the lizard version of a, of a chicken. So now we have the South American tegu. It's a black and white or red lizard that can grow up to four feet long. That seems like a big lizard, doesn't it? 
four feet. It says it only weighs 10 pounds. Though. So four foot, like where I live, we have gators. They're everywhere. You see them. I was out on a golf course, gators. Gators, they're there. They've moved up north. They're happy gators, and nothing really bothers them. So they're doing well. But if you see a lizard hanging around, and this is typical of government, so it's not like just call your, you know, the local folks. They'll get a hold of somebody. You're supposed to use a special form. If you happen to see a tegu, not that you would know what a tegu is, but if you happen to see a tegu, then you're urged to report using, and there's a link for the form. So, so, and there's a form. It, it, I love this. Only government could do this. There's a specific form, black and white tegu lizard sighting form. You take a photo, you select the image, you submit the photo, and then you pick your location where you saw it. You have to figure out how to navigate uh, via like Google Maps to figure out where you were. You have to specify the county you were in, the date you saw it, and then select the species that most looks like the one you saw. So did you find the, the kind of yellow and black one? Did you find kind of the gray tegu? Or did you find kind of a, a different, a brown ano? So in other words, the little lizards, they're people that would read this form Submit it. Uh, the little green guys, the little green guys that change brown and green in your backyard. We've all seen them since we were a kid. In case you didn't know, you can hang them from your ears. Yes, I did that when I was a kid. And uh, glass lizard, the fence lizard. So they're saying basically there's a whole bunch of other lizards, but we really only want the report for the tegu. The tegu. The tegu lizard. It's an invasive species in South Carolina. I would suspect if it's all the way up to Greenville, then it's probably, you know, also in uh, in North Carolina somewhere. Now, funny side story, completely unrelated to this, and then I'll get back to serious stuff. I promise. There's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. Here we are in, in the tween, right between Christmas when you've gone through the anxiety of making it through Christmas and the I don't know what the heck to do until New Year's that week. That's this week. But true story. So this was about the late '70s, early eight, probably late '70s. The Tabor City Tribune in Columbus County in Tabor City just east of, of, of Charlotte, a couple hours. And it, it, it actually was the, um, the nation's first Pulitzer Prize-winning newspaper. You would know that Tabor City Tribune, population several, small town newspaper reported on the Klan back in the 50s. Irrelevant information except to save this. We used to get this. No matter where I lived, my mother was from there, so we got a copy of the Tabor City Tribune. And I remember, I think it was in the 70s, late 70s, that someone had spotted an armadillo in a swamp somewhere, and they shot it, and took it to the local newspaper thinking it was an alien species. I, I'll never forget that. I thought it was hilarious. Thought, I mean, hilarious, sad for the armadillo, obviously. But uh, I, having lived in Texas and, and, and driven all through South Carolina and Florida, I knew you know, these things were fairly common. They're also kind of the whatever version of animal they are, species of chicken. And they do cross the road, and they do get hit. So... It was just interesting. They had never seen an armadillo before, didn't know what it was, thought it was a strange walk-up, and, and apparently armadillos do migrate a little bit, and some of them come into North Carolina once in a while. Funny side story. Don't know if it's funny to you, but probably lots of you have seen these kind of critters before. So, But we do have many more serious issues. I do want to get there. There's two or three North Carolina stories that we need to get to. One of them is about the Reverend William Barber, who has made a, a name for himself one of the most notorious uh, racially motivated individuals in the state's history, seen heroic by many, seen as a, a bit of a narcissist by others. He's he is a definitely a lightning rod of political leftism. Someone who always seeks to find victimhood everywhere, 
and not necessarily solutions. He likes to be, you know, a lot of people on the right consider him to be a bully. He would go down and try to shut down the legislature, protest constantly. And he found himself in the news again. And he found himself in the news. And, and when I, I just have to go through the story about William Barber, we will get to that. Now, the Reverend William Barber has long been a lightning rod in North Carolina. He is, is a fascinating individual. I think there was a time in his life when he was genuinely concerned about civil rights. And as we became, maybe when he was young, maybe very young, but as we became less of a, of a racially you know, incensed country, I think Barber looked, and people like William Barber, look for opportunities to, to bully uh, groups. I mean, maybe it's not, maybe it's a misunderstanding, because we are humans. We have constant misunderstandings. If you're married, you know, heck, sometimes all you have to do is wake up in the mornings and you have a misunderstanding. That's the nature of human, of being human. But when you have someone like William Barber, he's looking, he's constantly looking for an opportunity to push, to push into the anger and then play the part of the martyr. Oh, Lord, they know not what they do. That he is somehow elevated. He's been canonized. And the media feeds this narrative about, especially WRAL, Capital Broadcasting, Central Part of the State, very much a left-leaning organization, has been for decades. And has become even more so. It's it's North Carolina's version of CNN in many ways. You see their editorial cartoons. You see their editorials. It's always left-leaning, devoid of good debate, and, and often just, just driven by a little bit of hate or a lot of hate. or Anyway, so the Reverend Barber is down in the Greenville area of North Carolina, and and it's, it's a fascinating story because you, you have to put perspective in this. WRL News portrays this as if the, the reverend is a victim and all these horrible things happened and the movie theaters in the wrong and they're terrible. But let's look at this with a more objective lens. And that is, I'm going to read the story, but I'm going to add a little bit of corrective commentary to make this a more middle-of-the-road story. And in fact, I think if the, if the story was remotely middle-of-the-road, the reverend wouldn't look as reverendy. A national theater chain is apologized, apologizing, and there's a typo in the beginning. It's apology. It meant to say to North Carolina civil rights leader, but didn't do that. To Reverend William Barber, after an employee called to, to police to have him removed. Barber was escorted out of a movie theater in Greenville on Tuesday afternoon after he was not allowed, now get this, to use his own chair. Now, do you know anyone that takes their own chair to a movie theater? It's not like you're going to music in the park. You're going to a movie theater. You're not going to music in a park. And you know what? There are a thousand configurations of wheelchairs and other accommodations that can be made. But I don't know. Now, now it, gets, it gets a little bit. I'm adding commentary to the story. Greenville police were called to the AMC Fire Tower 12 movie theater around 319 p.m. for a trespassing call. Officers responded to the theater about a customer arguing with staff. So just imagine the movie theater staff, you've got a couple 17, 18-year-olds probably working the theater. It's the week after Christmas. They see someone come in. Now, so you would think, oh, this, this handicapped individual is coming in. But that's not the way it is. It's he, and he has a staffer that carries his chair as if he's a very special human being. Can't carry his own chair, doesn't want to be in a wheelchair, so he has a special person that carries his chair around. He was there to see the color purple, the new version of the color purple, with his elderly mother. Oh, he looks so pious. He's there with his elderly mother. He has two canes. 
oh, how dare these 17-year-olds, by the way, these 17-year-olds, these teenagers, are the ones enforcing the policy because the theater is ADA compliant, has ramps to get in the theater instead of, you can get around the, the steps with ramps. You have spaces for handicapped chairs. You can you can be handicapped and see and go to this theater. Now, you can't be blind and see it, but you could probably go and hear it. Or if you're deaf, you can read closed caption or something. Barbara says he was at the theater to see the movie. He cannot sit in a regular chair due to the pain in his hips. He walks with two canes, and an assistant carries a special chair so he can sit everywhere he goes. How many of you have a special assistant that carries a chair, even if you are handicapped or disabled, I guess the correct phrase? You're disabled. And so Barbara says he tried to use the special chair in the handicap section and was told by staff he couldn't do that. Why? Because they've been told that's for that's for wheelchairs. Those spaces are for wheelchairs. The staff knows that. Barbara says, no, it's for me. I have an assistant that carries a chair for me. Barbara shared video of the incident that shows him. So, of course, he has people videotaping this. Why? Because there's an incident to be had. There's news to be made. There's a press conference. To be, and there's a victim to be. And he's never going to miss the chance to portray victimhood. The video shows Barbara leaning on his canes as he's escorted down the aisle by police. Keep filming, says a voice from behind the camera. Another voice says, see what they do to people? This is Bishop Barber. As if he's better than everyone else. As if he's better than you or anyone else. See what they do to people. He's the Reverend Barber. How dare you? As Barbara walks down the aisle, he says loudly, I want the children to see this because they're going to deal with it. I have fought for everybody in this state. No, you haven't. He's fought for exclusively left-leaning causes his entire life and has tried to divide us in ways that heretofore we weren't going to be divided. It, it shows him appearing to pray as he walks in. God, I ask you to bless them, to move them because they know not what they are doing. They know what they're doing is wrong. The Reverend Barber. He's a bully. He says he used his special medical chair, special medical chair, while in Broadway shows in New York. I guess he can travel on the airplane. Does he have the special chair on an airplane? I'll bet you he doesn't. I bet you he sits in a regular seat, doesn't he? But he goes, he goes to Broadway. And he goes to the White House. And I bet when he sits on a train, if he sits on a train, he doesn't use his special chair. He doesn't. He sits in the seat. This is the kind of victimhood. They called an officer of the law, the AMC Theater in Greenville, North Carolina. He says to the camera, they would not make amends to simply do the right thing, but we'll deal with it. In fact, he's going to have, and, and of course, he bullied them. They're terrified of him. So they issue an apology. And he said, I said, this is my ADA. And they questioned me. No, that's a regular chair. No, it's for me because I can, can't sit low. It's impossible. He's special. And he's going to have a press conference today about it. That's the way he rolls. It turns things and tries to make everyone angry when he's the one who created the situation and could have accommodated that easily by asking, requesting, and talking and having a reasonable discussion. But no, he wants to force his way in, create, create an event, and then hold a press conference about it. And that's what he's doing. He's always done that. So it's his M.O. And it's a shame because there's a lot of good that can be done, but making everyone victims isn't it. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Now, before we went to the break, we are talking about the Reverend William Dr. Barber. And and his conduct kind of as a bully. It's kind of interesting if he 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 took on. He's trying to take make a, a case that he's special going into the theater chain. And and again, the news, the, the WRL runs to the story, and they run to him like moths to a flame. And he's never portrayed in any negative way. He's always portrayed as the victim, representing victims, always on the side of right, and he always portrays himself as being on the side of God. Now, that's, that's a hubris that most Christians wouldn't have. We, we, would, we, we, we would pray for God's wisdom insights, but, but saying, I represent the side of God, you, you don't necessarily do that. You don't, you don't know you do your best. We try to understand. We have, there should be some, and I could, there's a great article today about intellectual humility. It's a fantastic article. I don't know that we go through it. It's a little deep and heavy for, for radio, but it's a fantastic piece, and I think that Humility is something that in the political realm is sorely lacking. And when people who don the cloth try to portray themselves as, as iconic with respect to representing the Almighty on the planet, you can have a bit of a problem. I mean, there are shades of Jim and Tammy Faye and Jimmy Swaggart and some others. And there's a hubris to it that, that, that undermines the credibility of the person asserting it. I said that in a rather complex way. But again, a curious media, which is one of the complaints anyone who listens to me sees my writings and hears me, a curious media would have gone a little further and said, well, what's the story with AMC? Does it have a history of disability problems? It really doesn't. It had an issue back in 2012. I mean, AMC has been around since 1962. It's not exactly like they have a history of causing any problems with with the ADA. The issue in, in 2012, by the way, had to do with closed captioning at some of its theaters. That was the issue. Furthermore, now if you want to take issue with, with AMC, by the way, they, they reached a settlement with the state of Illinois regarding complaints from a disability rights organization. Again, they were kind of bullied. They pledged to equip all of its theaters in the state with captioning and description services by 2014. The disability rights group had accused the company of only providing closed captioning or audio at some of its locations. Now, again, that's when you force somebody to comply with something like that, that, that raises costs. There, is, there isn't a zero cost to all of these if you ever go to hotels these and by the way the americans with disabilities act has far overreached its original intent it has become kind of a monolithic example of where government goes too far i mean go to your go to your parking lots look at the number of parking spaces that are dedicated to handicapped and look at how many of them are actually used ever ever i challenge you to find a parking lot where the handicapped spaces are ever full are ever full because we've come so far in addressing most handicaps. And, and for certain people, a lot of people who are, they can be dropped off at the front door, but if they're driving themselves. Men, many handicap issues have been addressed. I mean, we've come a long way with prosthetics. We've come a, a mobility. We've come a long way in so many different ways. They're really the odd, the really sad thing about a lot of mobility issues have to do with people who are overweight. Not to belabor that point, but that's what we see when, and, and I, I, hate to say that, but it's true. <laughs> when you go to Sam's or you go to you know Walmart, you see the people in the, the vehicles. Oftentimes, there are people with weight issues more than they are actual ADA issues. And the ADA, if you go to hotels, a lot of times you can't. There, a lot of hotels have gotten rid of their pools because they had to have that really 
uh, fancy crane that allows ADA people to use the pool. It was required by law. There's lawsuits that were fought in one. And so it forced hotels to spend a lot of money on all these cranes for all these pools. And I'd ask you, have you ever seen one in use? I'm not saying they haven't been used, but 99.9% of these cranes that are in all pools all over the nation are not in use. Or they just fill it in with cement and make a patio out of it. It's one of those issues. But again, AMC, now here's the issue I would have with AMC, and that is that they are Chinese-owned. So does William Barber have an issue with an Asian-owned company? Has anyone asked him? Because they are Asian, majority share Asian-owned, at least according to the information about the company. Again, had a curious media looked into that, it would have been interesting to do that. It would have been interesting had they done that. The company is listed on the New York Stock Exchange from 2012 to 2018. The Chinese conglomerate Wanda Group owned a majority stake of the company. Private equity firm Silver Lake Partners made a $600 million investment in September of 2018, but the voting power of AMC shares was structured so that Wanda Group still controlled the majority of the board of directors. Amid financial downturns caused by COVID, again, Chinese virus, January 2021, Wanda's ownership was increasingly diluted due to new financing, as well as the short squeeze that resulted in $600 million of debt turned to equity. Wanda converted its Class B shares to Class A, so uh, now just slightly less than 50%. But again, a curious media would have or uh, you know, looked into some of these things. But again, they just took William Barber's word. Someone filmed. Someone's always walking with a, with a camera ready to roll wherever Barber goes. So he has a special person that carries a chair. That person probably also makes sure their phone's on video, ready to shoot anything and everything around him at all times so that he can make a case. And he's going to hold a press conference today to address the theater, who has now you know, kissed the shoe, kissed the ring of the reverend to uh, be humbled by him as the, the vicar of, of God on the planet, so to speak. Lisa, thank you for calling. And how are you today? Hello, are you there? Lisa? Yes, there you are. Um, I was calling in about the AMC chair incident. When I yes, saw ma'am. the story and I clicked on it to watch the video, it appeared he had like a stool. And yes. the reason I clicked special on chair. it is because my daughter is... Can... Yeah, I'm hearing you. You're doing great. Okay, because my, my daughter's in a wheelchair, and we've never had any incidents at any movie theater, and we've been to some of the AMCs. And I just, I think that probably what happened was he expected some kind of special treatment, and maybe they're, the kind of stool that he had is not appropriate, and the floor sloping, but I've never had any issue with taking my daughter anywhere in a wheelchair. Most everywhere is uh, very accommodating. Um, on an airplane, she has to be taken out of her seat and put into a airline seat. If um, but- we take a bus, like at Disney, we have to wait for a special equipped bus that can lock her chair down. So I just think he's exaggerating you a feel- lot of his story. Lisa, the way you look at the world, and I appreciate this. I, I thought you mentioned something a lot of people don't realize that you know the slope of the theater and stuff like that. But you, you, what you're articulating is something I believe about this country, which is I think that 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 most people are uh, both patient and accommodating. They want your daughter to have the same experience at a theater or a theme park or or anywhere else, and that they're very accommodating of that. I, I, I would you say that that's true? I would say that, that that is very true, and it also depends on your attitude with people. 
Because if you yes. start losing patience with people, they're not going to be as accommodating. I, I completely agree. In those situations. I, I, having seen the way the Reverend William Dr. Barber has conducted <laughs> himself, he's always looking to be a victim. He's always, and I think you're right, I don't want to ascribe motive, I don't know what, it, but he brings an assistant with him to carry his chair, he's going to see a movie, he has a confrontation, there's someone filming it, so, you know, there's a lot of suspicious things that surround this, and all of a sudden it's a big issue where he attacks a movie theater chain and essentially threatens them, if you don't do what I told you to or do what I want, I'm going to find ways to make it a boycott. And I think he would have loved to have been able to take it in a racial direction, but didn't, and tried to assert that AMC doesn't accommodate people with, with disabilities, and I just don't think that's true. I mean, I've seen people in wheelchairs at, at AMC theaters and theater, all kinds of theaters. So I, I just think he's looking, and I, at least I appreciate your call. I think there's a humility to your call and the adversity that you and your family have faced. It seems like you said something else, which was attitude has a lot to do with it. I think your attitude is, you know, hey, we're, we're going to do the best we can, and, and the people around us try to help. Exactly. Thank you for taking my call, well, and you're doing an excellent job filling in this week. Well, thank you. And Lisa, I appreciate you listening, and we appreciate the call as always. WBT, just uh, phenomenal, you know, 50 plus years of being the best, the best of the best. So 704-570-1110, the phone number, 704-570-1110. And, and that's one of the things, uh, Jesse Jackson was famous for this, this Rainbow Coalition stuff, where he would go and shake down a company and essentially find an incident or create an incident and find part portray it in such a way to say, hey, you can make a donation to my Rainbow Coalition or I'm going to kind of shake you down. Kind of a race hustler situation where he's, they, they shake down these organizations and use uh, – it's one thing if there's an actual victim, if there's an actual thing that someone has done. But I think, again, humankind, we bump up against one another. How many times have you run into somebody you weren't paying – I'm not talking about your car. You've probably done that too. But you bump into someone. Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry most people are not out there just to be vicious people. They're getting through life. You know, a lot of life is drudgery. It's tough. It, I think it's the bad times that define our good times. You're able to appreciate those great times because of adversity that's happened. I don't care the race. I don't care sex, sexual orientation, all those. Everyone has adversity. This pretense that there's a group of humans that have no adversity. I've actually sat down, I, I interviewed, I've only interviewed two billionaires in my life, maybe three, definitely two. And it was fascinating, the discussion with them, because, you know, the portrayal of those individuals, I'm not going to mention their names, in the media was completely negative. And, and I, I remember having that discussion with them saying, hey, what's this like? And they said, well, you know, yeah, material possessions, things like that. We, we can get that. It's not a problem. But we also, we don't know who to trust. We don't know, and, and there's constant threats on our life. We have to have security with us where we go because there's constant death threats. Our life is just that after that. You know, If we stand up for something we believe in, we get threatened with our life on a pretty regular basis. And you don't think, you think, oh, they're entitled. They weren't. They, they made certain, they took certain risk. They took a lot of risk to get where they are and made something. And that, that's part of the American dream. And then they have people that say, well, there ought to be limits to how much money you can make. Why? Why, why should a governing body tell you what you can achieve, what the limits of your achievement could be? If you, if you had the intellectual capacity, the wherewithal, the means to do so, and wanted to set up a moon colony, and you can get all the proper permits, I don't know who, who, who's responsible for permitting building on the moon, but I'm sure someone will establish that. Why shouldn't, 
Why shouldn't you want to do that? Why shouldn't the aspiration of humankind to achieve things that have heretofore never been achieved or thought of be encumbered by someone who thinks it's unfair in some way? Because in the process of so doing, you're going to employ thousands, if not millions of people to achieve such a thing. Just because someone's and, and the equation that the left wants you to have that wealth is somehow evil, at the same time they want everyone to aspire to it. It seems oxy it seems just moronic to, to go down that path. We have an amazing, and again, capitalism, the greatest place, the, the, the greatest equalizer of all things that we it doesn't mean it's perfect, but it's better than the other systems out there. And capitalism mixed with the kind of freedom this country has had, also phenomenal. So, hour one in the books, hour two getting ready to be underway. Chad Adams, your guest host, will be back after this. 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110. Give us a call here at News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Second hour, getting ready to be underway. Stay tuned.